0: Welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My mission is to help engineers develop their soft skills and break through the barriers of social anxiety to show up more boldly at work, create awesome friendships, improve their dating and relationships, and build lives that they love. Do you struggle to focus? Do you feel that your attention span is getting shorter and shorter? Do you wish that you could focus deeply on a task until it was finished. When I think of attention and focus, there's a book that comes to mind for me, and that is a great book by Cal Newport called Deep Work. It talks about how the ability to focus deeply on cognitively demanding tasks is a superpower in today's world. It's becoming increasingly more rare and yet becoming increasingly more valuable, and so the ability to boost your attention and focus will give you a huge advantage in today's work environment and job market. So in today's episode, I want to talk about some ways to increase your attention and focus because I think that this is a an extremely important thing to do. So the first thing that I believe is important, not only for this, but for a variety of other things in life is meditation. And meditation, simply put, can be thought of as the practice of, there are a variety of ways to do it. The way that I like doing it is focusing on my breath, breathing deeply, focusing on the sensations that come up. And then when I find that I have deviated my attention, maybe my mind is Running, and I'm thinking about the things I have to do today, or I'm thinking about women, or thinking about some interaction that happened with my friend three years ago. I find that my mind has wandered, and then I simply gently return it back to my breath. And in doing that practice again and again, you develop this ability to more effectively focus on a particular thing and stick with it until it's done. And when your mind does wander, you bring it back to the object that you would like to focus on. And there are a variety of ways of doing meditation. One way that if you haven't meditated before that I would suggest starting out on your meditation journey would be downloading the Headspace app. And this is, they have a free series that will help you get started. I believe it's paid after that. But it's called, I believe, the 10 and 10 program where you do 10 meditations, one each for 10 days. And in doing so, I think if you give this a shot and just do 10 minutes a day, which is not asking that much, By the end of the 10 days, you will find a significant difference in just how you feel and your ability to focus on things. So give it a shot. Meditation has a variety of benefits, not only attention and focus, but things like your ability to control your emotions, your ability to snap out of it when you find yourself moving toward a negative emotional state and many, many other things. The next is taming distractions. So the opposite of focus and attention is distraction. Therefore, if you want to increase your ability to focus, if you want to focus on something, you must eliminate distractions. And you can do this by... Listing out, what are all the things that distract you? When you find that your attention is pulled away from the thing that you would like to be focusing on, why? (laughs) What is it that pulled your attention away from that thing? I find that it can be physical things. So when I'm at my desk, I can look around and see all the things that might be distracting me. The number one thing for me is my phone. That is very likely to distract me throughout the day. I am very likely to be distracted by my phone, and one thing that you can do for this is limit the notifications, both on your phone and on your computer, but just go through and make it so that notifications only happen for the things that they are necessary for. So I find that for texting and calling, I like having my notifications on and being able to you know, know when I'm being called and respond to a text when it comes in um, or somewhat quickly thereafter. But for things like email, that is something that I don't think it's valuable enough to be quick to respond to. And so I turn notifications off for that because I know that the negative consequences of notifications popping in and distracting me constantly is the negative consequences are more significant than the positive results of being able to respond to an email quickly i don't think that 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 is valuable enough look at all the distractions that are there in your life and see what can you what can you tame what can you hone in how can you eliminate more and more distractions so that really the only option or one of the few options is to focus on the object that you would like to focus on. The next is exercise, and this is related to attention and focus, even though it may not seem like it, but there is stamina related with attention and focus, and it is slightly physical. It's probably more mental and emotional when it comes to Focusing at work, and yet our physiology plays so much into this. When our physical state is energized and we just feel good throughout the day, our bodies feel high energy, that is going to contribute so much to our ability to pay attention. The next is email. And decreasing email as much as possible, I talked a little bit about this, but a lot of books on productivity or on focus will tell you that email is something that the modern world has such an obsession with that you know notifications for it are highly distracting. When a notification comes up, there's something called attention residue. So let's say I'm focusing on, you know, maybe something in in Excel, Microsoft Excel. And then I an email notification pops up and I look over at the email notification and I decide, okay, I'm going to respond to that later when I'm done with the thing. So I try to return my attention to the Excel spreadsheet-related task. Well, some of my attention, there's a residue to it. When I looked over at the email notification... My mind is still on that. It pulled some of my mental bandwidth. And so when it comes to the Excel spreadsheet task, it takes me a while to get back into that task and to put my full focus back on that task because part of it was eaten up and remains in that email notification as an example, but recognizing where that attention residue is coming up for you. Email is a, it's not a very high value activity is what the most productivity books will argue. And more and more, this is something that people are realizing there is absolutely value in communicating with people. And yet, if you put that at the forefront of your focus, if responding to emails is the thing you value above all else, responding quickly, and maybe that in certain jobs that makes more sense, a managerial position where your job is basically to direct people, you do need to be timely with your communication. For knowledge workers, where our primary value is focusing on hard problems and solving them, responding to email takes away from our ability to do that and is not nearly as important as we can often make it seem and Oftentimes we can use email as a way to focus on something easy because we don't want to do the difficult cognitive work of focusing on the hard thing. Next is to create focus blocks. So time blocking is a really helpful way of time management, setting aside time to work on a particular thing. Well, When it comes to focusing on things, focus is a muscle. This is something that Cal Newport talks about in the book Deep Work that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And building your focus muscle, working on it continually, it is not a fixed ability. Your ability to focus is something that you can absolutely improve on. So practice this focus time. Cal called, so deep work is something he defined as working intently with 100% focus on a cognitively demanding task. And he found that the more he would, the more hours he could put into deep work, the more productive he was. Even Even if it came at the expense of his overall number of hours worked, if he worked 20 hours of deep work in a week and did nothing else, he would find that way more valuable than, even 60 hours of distracted, low-energy, bouncing around work. So developing this ability to focus, setting aside time blocks where you're focusing, and seeing how long you can go without engaging in distractions, trying to, if you're in your internet browser, only have one tab open so that you know that you're focusing on just that one thing, Start small. Start with maybe 10 or 15 minutes of undistracted deep focus and see how that goes. See if you can stick to something for that long. Then extend that out. One great technique for this is the Pomodoro technique. So uh, I believe this is... It's named after some Italian person, I believe. (laughs) Um, The Pomodoro technique is essentially you focus... For a period of time, traditionally that's 25 minutes, and then you take a five-minute rest and you try to make that five minutes as rejuvenating as possible. If you're spending that five minutes just scrolling through your phone or doing like a smoke break or something, that's not going to be rejuvenating. You're not going to come back re-energized. If you instead focus for 25 minutes, then take a really rejuvenating five-minute break, then come back do another 25 minutes that can be highly highly productive and is actually more productive and you can you can test this with yourself but i think just about anybody would find it more productive to do a bunch of these sprints of focus with a break then another sprint of focus with a break that is more efficient than if you were to try to spend absolutely all day without taking any breaks because your mind needs breaks it needs processing time. It needs downtime in order to be able to work efficiently throughout the day. Finally, stop multitasking. So we've touched on this a little bit, but it's important to reiterate. So we don't actually have the ability as humans to multitask. What we're really doing when we think we're multitasking is rapid task switching. So if we think that we are let's say, working on, you know, the Excel spreadsheet and then working on, you know, SOLIDWORKS. That one's fairly obvious, but we're not actually working on those two things at the same time. We are working on one, then switching over to the other and coming back and going back and back and forth and back and forth. And that is inherently less efficient and effective than if we are to instead... Just focus on the one thing to completion, then go to the next thing, because we don't have this attention residue effect of when you switch to the other thing, your mind is still on the other thing, and it takes you a while to boot up and actually get focused and into the the tasks that you are now on. So there you have it. Those are a variety of tips and tools and tactics on how you can increase your attention and focus in your engineering job, and provide better work, like Cal Newport says, doing this deep work, deeply focusing on a task, on a cognitively demanding, high-value task, is one of the best things that we can do as a white-collar knowledge worker. That is how we can bring the most value in our particular role. And you know, the more value you are creating in your role, the more that you're doing in your job, the more that you are going to be considered for promotions, the more that you um, are adding to the world, and the more that you will get back in terms of compensation and value. So thank you for listening to this episode 15 of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. If you're interested in more, you can go to engineersoftskills.com to check out more videos, podcasts, articles, and to download a free PDF called The Ultimate Guide to Soft Skills. This is a 25-page ebook covering the best of what I've learned on how to level up your soft skills to improve your social life, dating life, and career. Again, thank you for listening.